to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Welcome to Episode 24 of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful. That's good. Anything new going on with you? Oh, gosh. Well... Not really. Several weeks or months ago, I don't know how long it's been now, time all runs together. I mentioned on the podcast that my very favorite barbecue place, well, I mean, I live in a small town, so I have like one barbecue place. It burned down last fall, so I haven't had barbecue, and I'm I'm a barbecue girl. I'm from Kansas City, so... Anyways, they reopened this weekend, and I got barbecue yesterday, and I was so happy. See, I'm real picky about barbecue. It's the little things that make me happy. I need it to be very clean. Like some barbecue, they have a lot of fat and weird stuff in there. I want to, what, is this a good clean barbecue? I get there. I always get the same thing. I always go get a pound of smoked turkey breast and a pound of pulled pork. And their pork is really good. It's not, sometimes they. Their pulled pork is good. Yeah. Sometimes they get a bunch of fat and stuff. Yeah, in I don't there. want that. Theirs does not. Now they have that really good crusty outside that's chopped into it but that's where all your flavor is so i like that it's good i love it i just don't like the weird the weird pieces parts and (laughs) are you familiar with white barbecue sauce that's an alabama thing it is an alabama thing i never knew what it was until i moved to alabama and i never had it until they send it they send it home with their chicken and turkey and um, oh my gosh it is so delicious is it like mayonnaise and vinegar what's in there is it sweet yeah, it's like mayonnaise. No, it's not sweet. It's a little tangy. So it's like, from what I can figure out, it's like mayonnaise and maybe some apple cider vinegar and yeah. maybe a little horseradish. I taste maybe a little horseradish in it because it's got a little bite to it. Oh, I wonder if it's like Arby's horsey sauce. I don't know. I don't know. But I used to love that back in the day. Since they closed, I have gone and bought like white barbecue sauce at the store and it is not Not the the same. same. No, I wouldn't think so. So I always use it as salad dressing. So I'll take the turkey, I'll chop it up, put on like salad. And then I use their white barbecue sauce as dressing and it's, I could drink it so good. Yeah. My mouth was so happy yesterday. Well, good, good. Yeah, barbecue is such an interesting thing because it's so very regional. Yeah, you know, when I moved to Denver, there's no good barbecue out there. And I was like, we kept trying some different restaurants. We're like, no, we'd never go back there. I love South Carolina barbecue. It's got a mustard sauce, a mustard based. It is Uh delicious. Yeah, you would like their baked beans. They have sort of a mustardy uh, base to their baked beans up there. Any kind of bean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Give me all the beans. So... (laughs) Yep. Feed me and I'm happy. There you go. Feed me and give me sunshine. That's right. Well, we always start our show with our good news segment. And today we had an email come from Courtney. 
She wrote, hello, I am loving the Life Lessons podcast. Thank you so much for putting this out there to the world. I have a good news story to share. Back in December of last year, I was at the mechanic to get my oil changed again because I drive hundreds of miles each week for work, so I am there a lot. While I was waiting for my oil change, I ran into a man named Dave Hernandez. I used to know him through a business networking group, but we hadn't seen each other for almost a year, so we sat catching up while my car was getting maintenance. The mechanic, Dan, came in and informed me that my battery was testing low and would likely need to be changed very soon. By the way, if you live in a hot and humid climate like I do in Southwest Florida, make sure you pay extra attention to your battery because they corrode really fast in those conditions. The mechanic said he had the correct battery for my car in stock and it would be around $250. Yikes, I was not prepared for that. I told him I would wait until the next paycheck to address it and he left. I continued chatting with Dave for a bit and he got up to go ask the mechanics a question. When he came back to the waiting area, he said, I hope you don't mind, but I asked Dan to go ahead and install that new battery for you. I laughed and said, well, that's fine as long as you're picking up the tab. With a completely straight face, Dave said, yep, that's what I mean. I don't want you to get stranded out there alone. Please let me do this for you. Wow. My offers to pay him back were all waved off. I mentioned it to Dan, the mechanic, as I was settling my oil change bill. He told me that he had known Dave for years, and that's just the way he is. He's just a really good guy. Wow, I'll say again. So thank you, Dave Hernandez, for your kindness. I have paid it forward through charitable donations, buying a needed item for a coworker's child, and hopefully through this shout-out. Oh, I love that. I love that, too. That's great. I bet she felt really amazing. When little things happen like that, you're like, I just won the lottery. And that's a big one. That's a big thing. That is a big thing. That's a lot more than buying your coffee for the person behind you, you know, in the drive-thru. But this is a big one. So, yeah, that was wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that that story with us, Courtney. So, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, um, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today... I'm going to talk again about Beauty Counter. I absolutely love Beauty Counter. If you go to jenstevens.com slash Beauty Counter, you can read all about why I love it. But, you know, I've mentioned that I'm working on a new book. And the focus of the new book is, you know, cleaning up areas of your life and why it matters. And I really, Sherry, didn't realize how much it matters before doing the research for this book. I mean, we all know in the back of our minds that there's a lot of chemicals out there and that we're exposed to so many, but I didn't really realize how how big it is. Yeah. And how essential it is for us to make changes. Well, I think people think, oh, you know, how big, how big of a deal could it be? There's bigger things to worry about. One of the things I'm talking about in this book is the term greenwashing. Have I said that before to you? Greenwashing, I'm a victim of greenwashing. You probably all are. I bet you are. Maybe you're not because you love to research things. But greenwashing is the way that that various industries use words and images to make us think that a product is greener or better for us. And like, for example... A mouthwash that that Chad uses is, you know, sold as a healthy, natural option. And I researched it, 
and there, there's like an app, the Environmental Working Group app ranks products, and they actually rate, ranked it as like a C or something. I can't remember the rating. And, or a D because of the questionable products that were in it. And so I was like, well, I need to find a different mouthwash. So do you know which mouthwash I found? Listerine Original. Wow. Was rated at a B or something. It was like better. The plain old, the kind my grandmother used to use. I never would have thought that was a, a better choice than the one Chad was buying. I used to use a face wash that was listed as all natural. So I was like, right? oh, it's all natural. It's perfect until I started using the EWG app. Right. It is not a good face wash. Not a good one. So, you know, I found out that that it really does make a difference. That's why I love Beauty Counter so much because I don't have time in the store to check every single product. And I look at a label and it looks like a good natural choice. Even you might be in Whole Foods buying it. You think it's a good choice. But... Beauty Counter has done all the work for you. They do not allow any of the, the ingredients that might possibly be be dangerous for you and add to your toxic load. So I just can go to Beauty Counter and buy whatever I want, the shampoo, the conditioner. I switch to all of that. And not only does my hair look good, you can see it. You're See, every time you log on, I'm like, gosh, her hair looks so good. It looks so much better, yeah. It's, it's so full and mm-hmm. just healthy. Healthy, looking. it really is, you know, because I'm not putting on the – on the bad stuff, but I don't have to read the label. It doesn't even matter because Beauty Counter has done the work for me. So if anybody's interested in switching things out, you know, Beauty Counter has a great return policy if something doesn't work for you. You know, we like to try things out before we buy them. You can't do that with Beauty Counter because you're ordering online. But I've really found such great success with the products. And if something doesn't work, you send it back and get a different one. So go to jenstevens.com slash beauty counter and you'll be glad you did. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk with Gigi Robinson. Gigi is a USC graduate and current master's student whose passion is creating content with an intention of making a positive impact through imagery and videography. Gigi is the creator of a recent Instagram Live IGTV series called Everything You Need Is Within. This series was inspired by a conversation led by Gigi and Julia Michaels about mental health and body image. Gigi has always been very passionate about debunking editing, posing, and lighting tactics often used in mainstream media to help others gain body confidence of their own. Gigi is currently affected by and recovering from several different eating disorders, in addition to having chronic illnesses, which include Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, a connective tissue disorder, mast cell activation syndrome, and postural tachycardia orthostatic syndrome. Today, we are going to discuss how we are all manipulated by marketing tactics, especially in the social media world we live in, as well as body positivity. Hello and welcome, Gigi. Hi, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, thank you for reaching out to us. So just start by telling us a bit about your past, uh, maybe what you've overcome and what has led you to where you are today and, and what you're doing today. So I have a background in a lot. (laughs) I started working in art at the age of 11 and I've been doing so much since and in that field. At first I was doing portrait photography and landscape Um, and then once I got to college I actually started working very closely in the body image space because I became fascinated with all the editing tactics that I was learning and I was like this can't be right. Like, why right. are we editing the thing that is, you know, most sacred and precious, which is like our being here on earth. So as I decided to explore all of that, I just wanted to 
you know, share my message on commentary on it across my media. And that's, that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So really, it started with your work as a photographer and the whole the expectation that you were going to edit all these photos just felt wrong yeah. to you as the photographer. It's like manipulating life. It is. That's what it yeah. feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing to interview with you today, I was, you know, putting my makeup on and I started thinking like how much social media influences even the way we wear makeup. I mean, like when you think about like when Instagram got big, that's when everybody got into facial contouring and highlighting and, Mm -hmm. and I, like, I never thought about it before then, but I mean, just like clearly even our makeup trends are driven by social media. Yeah, it is. And in the past year, it's been really interesting because I think in the year that was 2020, we had so much time to connect through social media and through technology, like over and over and over again. But in that and in doing that, I think we sought more and more to find our own self-value and self-worth. And people started comparing themselves to people that they thought they related to. But in in that process, when they ultimately look at those images and they may not realize that there's editing behind them or that there's a professional team behind them, they're like, why don't I look like that? Exactly. And then from there, that, that's what kind of creates this insecurity that just builds and builds and builds and can lead to things like disordered eating habits and mental health issues. We've seen this a lot in the intermittent fasting community because you know, we're we're normal people and we're, you know, we want to live a healthy lifestyle, but a lot of us come to intermittent fasting with the idea of we want to lose weight so that we're healthier and and yet people have a unrealistic expectation of what our bodies are quote supposed to look like. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. we we think that we're supposed to have the hard abdomen of, you know, a, a teenage boy or something. I'm a 51-year-old woman. I'm not supposed to have a rock hard abdomen, you know, I'm supposed to be squishy and soft. And so you can be so dissatisfied with what you perceive as flaws, but are really what a normal body is like. And so you're, you're continually trying to improve in a way that's not real. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting to think about. And I think it comes down to figuring out how to curate your page and curate like your social media feed overall. And, and that's what like ultimately can affect the trajectory of like your mental health and your relationship with social media and your relationship physically in the world with your own confidence. Yeah, people like to say a lot like, you know, it's so funny because everybody's on social media, but then everybody's like, social media is awful. <laughs> and and we see right. that in, you know, Jen and I run several Facebook groups and, you know, we see that a lot in there. And it's interesting because people will come into our groups and we try to maintain a very positive space. You know, we don't really allow any body shaming or food shaming or any of that sort of thing. And people are like, wow, this is like the nicest corner of the internet. But it's funny because like it's people, they, they follow these, these, you know, awful people or, you know, um, manipulated, you know, like social media, like influencers, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, you can unfollow them. Right. (laughs) You don't have to follow these people and listen to them. And there's a girl that I actually follow on Instagram. And she was on, if you guys ever heard of that TV show, Married at First Sight? Yes. Okay. So she was on there. And of course, that's TV. 
So she was always made up. It's reality TV at that, yeah. You know, to the nines. And um, now she's she's married. She has two young babies under the age of two. And she posts on, you know, Instagram of what's going on with her life and, and her babies. And somebody reached out to her and told her, why do you never fix yourself up in pictures anymore? And she just put a scathing response out the other day. And she's like, look, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm stuck at home with two babies in my house. I have nowhere to go or nobody to see. I, you know, I'm, I'm breastfeeding. I'm this and that. And if you don't like to look at me without makeup on, unfollow me. She's like, you know, this is me. I'm a real person. Stop it. And like, I could not like her, her posts enough. Yes. Like you can absolutely unfollow people whenever you want. And I think this past year has really shown me that. And like, instead of following style influencers that in my opinion, post a lot of empty content, it's not soulful, it's not meaningful. Um, They're just posting, you know, to, to be stylish. I think that that has its place on the internet, but it's not what resonates with me anymore. And the same way that we kind of like go through life and maybe you'll get a finance coach or maybe you'll get a, uh, you know, a business coach or maybe you'll get a life coach. Like you need different things at different times and curating that on social media is a really big part of it. So when I teach youth and when I talk to college students about social media literacy, it's really understanding fundamentally like what does it mean when I'm following an influencer who's just posting about style? And how does that how does that impact me? What does it mean if I'm following a business coach? And how can that how can I start to implement their techniques into my own work? Are they providing me with resources or are they providing me with like a negative or maybe even some kind of hidden agenda? to mislead me or to lead me the wrong way down my business. And obviously you can't always predict these hidden agendas and it takes time and going through to actually like see that. But something recently that kind of happened to me that I think is so interesting and I'll just give this example of like a teacher or a coach. When you work with a teacher or a coach, the primary goal is like you're the self is paying somebody else for their service and for their help. Obviously, social media is for free. So if we're using it in that sense, like, <laughs> okay, it's free. You're referencing them. But when you're done with their program, you move on and you stay successful and you try to go on that upward trend. And that's what I would love to see more and more people become more aware of with social media. And they can do that through what's called social media literacy and really cognitively and emotionally understanding social media. So what do you teach them to do as far as curating their feed? Like how, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm, I'm not super active on it. But in, Instagram has figured out I'm in the health and wellness space. So it shows me like everything health and wellness, whatever, whether I've followed it or not. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I'll see divergent messages like here's from a carnivore, here's from a whole foods ve- vegan, and, you know, just all the different people that it will show me in, and some crazy kind of, you know, plans in between. Um, how do you curate your feed so it's what you want to see for the, the time that you're in? Well, so there's a couple of things. The first thing that I always encourage people to do, I mean, I go through what is social media literacy and a lot of people don't even know that term or what that means. So when I go through that in my lectures, like I'd give kind of like this whole visual learning experience of it. And then after that, I go into what I like to call the five content pillars. And it's basically the who, what, where, when, why, how of content curation. So it's community, it's conversation, curation, content. What's my other one? 
I'm, you know, I'm forgetful. I've got to pull this up. (laughs) (laughs) But, but in that journey, it's basically going in and again, finding your who, what, where, when, why, how, the very basics of storytelling and figuring out how you can convey that visually and how you can build a community about it and how you can curate it with the most inclusive and forward and informational kind of facing way. I know I just kind of did a little bit of social media jargon there, but For me, when I take people through this, it's not just me talking to them. I also give them kind of like a template for this is how you could go about this and and really coming down to what's your why on social media? That's what everyone talks about. But even past that, like how can we push your why into how can I make something and build a community about it that's also still true to what I intrinsically love to do? Is it as simple as unfollowing people whose message doesn't resonate with you? No, no, okay. absolutely not. Because because when you're curating your feed, it's not just about who you follow and who you unfollow. It's also about the content that you interact with and the community okay. that is following you. So um, people always say, look at your analytics, look at your insights, look at who's following you. If you see that your audience is predominantly women or like you're going to make content that hopefully resonates more with women. If you are having, having an audience that is predominantly teenagers, you have to make sure that your content is digestible for teenagers. So I think a lot of times people overlook who is actually looking at their content. And in that, it kind of can get lost and a little bit tricky to really navigate like how to produce content that's meaningful. Yes. So most of our audience are not Instagram producers, influencers, people who are trying to build a following, but they are people who are on social media as a consumer of the information. So what would you tell someone who is consuming the information how to have the the Instagram experience that they're looking for? Yeah, well, I mean, I think people have a lot of misconceptions about hashtags and what can go with them, but really parsing through a hashtag and searching for creators. So if you look up, you know, mindset or, um, you know, money mindset and you want to, you can spend an hour, 30 minutes going through that hashtag and looking at different posts and things that like work uh, for, for you and that you resonate with. Not everybody that hashtags money mindset is going to be somebody that is relatable to you. It could be, you know, a CEO. It could also be a small business. I don't know what what that looks like for you or what resonates to you, but spend the time researching as well on Google. Also, like look up leader, small business leaders or whatever it is and find them that way. And after you do that, the algorithm is a little bit scary and will give you suggestions. So my algorithm knows I love plants. Um, It knows my name is Gigi, but it thinks that I'm Gigi Hadid or it thinks I like Gigi Hadid. So it gives me (laughs) a lot of her. It knows I'm in New York City. So it gives me all these New York things. So I get plants, a lot of Gigi related stuff and um, a lot of jewelry. I love rings and jewelry. So my whole explore page is like, about that. And it's, I think the explore page is so underrated. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I get food, food and wellness and diets. <laughs> right. So I'm like, is ever not everyone is getting food, wellness and diets? No, just me. <laughs> yeah. So we talked a little bit about you, you kind of went into how social media can really affect the way people like feel and think about themselves. And, you know, like it, I look at it like I feel like it probably creates a lot of shame in people because they're like, oh, I don't look like that. 
I'm not good enough, or I'm not that pretty, or I don't know how to do my makeup like that, or I don't have clothes like that. So how can we reshape that? Like, what is the secret to making that less influential on the public? Does that make sense? So the question is, how can we kind of like detach ourselves from the standard society sets through media? Or how can we as consumers of social media flip the page and try to get more realistic content? Well, realistic content really comes from, again, who you follow and who's who's curated in your feed and who you look up to. I don't follow a lot of people that I used to because I noticed that they either retouch or Photoshop or heavily Facetune their images. And that's something I feel lucky to know how to spot because of my photography training. Um, it's something I've spent years doing. I know how to make images that look the way that people make them look when they're fake. Um, I know what to look for, even if it is a very small part of an image. So I think that's like one really important thing to note. And it can be very difficult and a regular, you know, person may not know how to look for that. I think also a lot of things surrounding body confidence and body image is really important and body acceptance uh, rather than body positivity, actually, because body positivity is basically meant to separate and leave space for and make space for marginalized bodies. And that doesn't necessarily apply to a cis mid-sized white woman. That's, you know, relating to a totally different field. So I actually shifted a lot of my content when I started researching more with body image. And I focus a lot more on body acceptance and body confidence and finding ways to build that for my community and give them resources and tools on how to become more content with their body and the state that it's in. And simultaneously, I still occasionally, like, I, of course, believe that in media, we need so much more representation of marginalized bodies. And that's where I'll advocate for body positivity. But I know myself and my page doesn't fall under that space. So I'm not going to take that up. And as like a young thought leader on social media, understanding the space that you occupy and leaving spaces and owning that when you've made a mistake is so important. So I think that I don't know how many people would even notice that I made that shift um, because it was quite a while ago at this point. But ultimately, it's really important to just acknowledge that because I know earlier in the episode, you mentioned body positivity and I wanted to touch on that. Okay. So body acceptance and body confidence. I like that. Yeah. And, and on that note, like body acceptance is really accepting your body as it is and who you are in your physical body in whatever state you are in, whether you're in recovery, whether you are just acknowledging you might have a disordered eating habit or an eating disorder, whether that is that you've never been confident in your body. Maybe you're, you know, quote unquote healthy, but you don't feel good in your skin. So really coaching people and creating content that is about building confidence and teaching other people how to do that so that they can achieve body acceptance for themselves is what I do. I guess my takeaway from that then is if people would stop following people who are creating unrealistic expectations. Uh, yeah, I was going to say false content, but or maybe, you know, manipulated content and more 
search out the people who are being transparent authentic. and authentic and, you know, promoting, as you said, this body acceptance, then give them the attention, grow that vibe instead of this, everybody needs to look perfect all the time. Because even the people who look perfect on your feed don't really look perfect. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. That perfection is fake perfection. Yeah. A hundred percent. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I know we hear this a lot, especially with, you know, this month being stress awareness month and next month in May being mental health awareness month is really like you never know what somebody's going through in their relationship you know, with their mental health or with their physical health. So I always say lead with kindness and also definitely just like check yourself and check in with yourself. And like, if you're looking at images and you catch yourself spinning these like narratives and negative thoughts in your head of like, I'm not good enough. I want to look like somebody else. That's where you need to, you need to step it up and say, oh shoot, I got to check myself. I got to listen to more, some, some more self-help books or some more self-help podcasts and follow some more self-help influencers instead of consuming content that makes me feel bad about myself. So it's partially a mindset shift. It's also partially about being aware that you are consuming content that makes you feel bad. And that that I think is the trickiest part about this whole concept of, of what the perfect image is. And really, I mean, I could go on and on. I also have an art history background. So I mean, this Eurocentric standard of beauty that has been portrayed forever it like it goes back to the renaissance <laughs> and i don't want to bore your your guests on here with that but just just think about that it's hard and i think it's incredible that just like it blows my mind that just now in 2021 is where people are really speaking out against that and it's been something that's been precedented literally again since the renaissance so it's it blows my mind when i think about it in that context of image making I recently saw an underwear ad on Facebook for some online, you know, you, I don't know. I think it was like a subscription service for underwear or something crazy. I don't even know really what it was because I wasn't focused on the product so much as I was focused on the models that they were using for the product. And they were just real women with real bodies. They were untouched images. You know, they were not these perfect model Victoria's Secret bodies. They were like real women off the street modeling underwear. And I loved it so much that I was just looking at the pictures. And then I went into the comments of that post. And there were so many positive comments just about the models they chose. And thank you for using real women. And, you know, thank you for not retouching these photos. And people want it. Like, that's what they want. But they, I, don't, I think they don't know how to get it. You're saying people may not know how to find brands or content using real representation of what bodies look like. Right. Yeah. And I think it comes down to when you see a company being, you know, real and transparent and not editing their photos, take the time to share that content, you know, share that content, support that company, you know, talk about it. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I love this company because they're authentic and they're using real women and they're not editing their photos. And, you know, they, they speak to me as a, as a woman. 
Yeah, there's definitely two notes on that. One, I would say research. I went to USC, which is, you know, a research university, and I learned a lot about research there. So I spent my entire four years just researching constantly whatever I did. It was, you know, all my papers were research backed and and so on and so forth. So that's at the forefront of a lot of my work. But second to that, you can just Google like makeup brands that don't retouch makeup brands that are cruelty free, makeup brands that are vegan, whatever it is that you're looking for, you can find some BuzzFeed article or Cosmo article that has these kinds of products in it. And as more and more people start searching for that, I hate to say it, but Google knows and it it's going to start it's going to start boosting your ad uh, algorithm and you will start to see ads that reflect your actual values. So I would stay, I would mainly say to stay curious and really be confident in that curiosity and always search for something if you have an idea. Okay, that's a great idea. I didn't even think about that, but we do know that whatever you talk about or I mean, I swear it's talk about. <laughs> it is talk about. I said something to my husband about hearing aids just in a conversation. And then the next thing I knew, I was getting ads for hearing aids. And I swear to God, I got something in the mail about hearing aids. I'm like, that's weird. In the mail, so, like the physical mail. Yeah. The, the universe is listening. <laughs> Not the, the universe. The internet Big is tech. listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I do love that. I would have never thought to go to Google and, and you know, and search, search that kind of thing. But, you know, once I did read the comments and stuff on that sales ad and I, you know, I like I liked the post, I did notice it started popping back up in my in my Facebook feed again. And of course, then I went to Instagram and it was in my Instagram feed as well. So, right. Yeah, no, Instagram, Facebook, Google, you know, those ads and the cookies. <laughs> I mean, they're they're literally tracking everything. And I search up a lot of the time, like, you know, sust- if I say sustainable water bottle, I'll get ads for sustainable water bottles for the next week or two. It's true. And yeah. um and I think it's I think it's really interesting and on that note the more you research again unedited, no retouching, the more you'll get ads for brands that really value this. And I think there is a shift. I know for a fact there's been a huge shift in representation of diverse bodies. Um, they still Brands still have a tremendous amount of work to do in terms of representing people that are not only plus size and different ethnicities, but also different physical abilities as well. And I know that I'm a model with ZBD management and they focus exclusively on disability representation in the modeling industry. So it's been really great to work with them on that. And because of that, I get a lot of, you know, inclusive brands in general. And what was the name of that modeling company? It's called ZBD, (laughs) Z-E-B-E-D-E-E. Okay. So if a person was to look up that that agency, would they see the different like brands they represent? Yeah. So it's not that they represent brands. They actually represent models who then um, get contracted. And then they're hired by the brands. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. So you see the trend is moving in this direction in the industry towards more authentic content and inclusivity. And, and the correct wording is body acceptance. Yeah, body acceptance and body confidence, I would say. And it's, it's not something I even like happening in the future. I think it's happening now. Happening and now. It's, it's only going to continue to get bigger. It's it's going to be one of these domino effects. And I think that's going to be just like a really beautiful moment. Ideally, I wish that 
if there was something that's retouched down the line, you know, I mean, the FTC is powerful and they really do have the power to add disclaimers to our posts. So I know that they post now, if both on TikTok and on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter, if it's anything about the election or COVID, they add a disclaimer. So my request would be that the FTC really comes on and puts something saying, this image has been altered. This, you know, it, it's not something that I think anybody should be consuming. Why We would never compare ourselves directly to a Barbie. I mean, may, I don't know, maybe some people do. I know that's why they made more realistic Barbies, and I think that's great. But we would never compare ourselves to that because we know that it's like a fake thing. Right. One of my favorite influencers posted, you would never try to fit a size six shoe into a size nine and a half shoe. So stop trying to do it with your body. Exactly. That's an excellent point. You know, I remember, I mean, this has been years ago now, looking at, you know, people could search this up, but finding a comparison. I know y'all have both seen this too. Retouched photos versus the original and seeing how very different they were. Have you ever, have you ever done that, Sherry? Oh, I have. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, like there was one of Madonna and she's looking perfect in this one and like her real, I mean, and you're just like, wow. And then, you know, I think people need to, if you've never done that, listeners, do that. Google, you know, retouch photo versus original. And then you really see how blatant it is. And 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 then you, you look at your own body in a different way. You know, yeah, I've got this little jiggly part right here. And I'm not trying to hide that or change that or make that go away or seeing that as bad. That is my body. I think of it sort of in a way like, you know, all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, it's been going on for years, but I feel like it's getting a little bit more noticed lately is, you know, people are suddenly declaring they don't want additives in their food. They don't want this added. They don't want these extra preservatives. They don't they don't want fillers put in their food. They want real food. And I feel like it that kind of relates to social media. We need to start saying we don't want these, these fake, fake altered photos. We don't want you know, fake content. We want real. We want honest. We want transparent. Yeah. And something else that you brought up that I think is like so interesting um, in terms of the retouch versus unretouched. But I mean, paparazzi have been playing this game with celebrities and public figures for a very long time. If we want to really go into that, it's you know, how can we just, again, be kinder and stop scrutinizing people for just being people and who they are and like confident in who they are when the media is like 100% all the time saying, oh, like, here's this and they look, you know, Madonna looks crazy because she is coming out and coming out of a bar, for example, or a restaurant and she's not retouched and you actually see her wrinkles on her face and then she's feeling upset or insecure. So then she goes, ahead and posts the photos that are retouched by Vogue and Elle and she looks fabulous and then it creates this really big kind of like very strange discourse that goes on um, Mm -hmm. because it's like everyone wants to see real Madonna and then the media is giving it to us and then it's causing the public and people to scrutinize her um, again, publicly and say these horrible things. I mean, the internet can be horrible. Absolutely. Oh, it can. Yes, yes it can. <laughs> and that is the scary part because then she either has the power to embrace the hate, which is hard. It's really hard to do. And I don't think anyone should have to deal with it. And then it's like, 
but then there's also these beautiful curated images that photographers and teams have spent days, if not months, working on curating and creating. So how can you appreciate the art that she's posed in? Which again, I could reference art my, my whole life. You could go and say that a portrait that Rembrandt did, right? It's so realistic. But at the end of the day, it may or may not show all the wrinkles on somebody's body. It's the same for a photo, and photo editing and retouching is considered a part of the production process, the same way you edit a podcast, the same way you edit videos. So I just think all we need is disclaimers and more transparency about who retouches and if if people, you know, want images, not retouch. Like if I ever am on the cover of something, I'm going to be like, no retouching. You guys can color correct and you can edit the light. That is it. No retouching for me. And that's like integral to who I am. So yeah, I just think it's a really interesting conversation to bring up and just remember that like, you're beautiful however you are. I I know it's cheesy, but it's really true. It's true. And stop chasing the perfection that that no one really has. Right. And stop playing into the body shaming. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. think about how many tabloids you see in the in you know the grocery store checkout line where it's like, look at, you know, Jennifer Aniston on the beach and this is what she really looks like. And you know what? She looks like a woman. <laughs> and so now should I be ashamed because I look like that on the beach. But see, that's exactly what happens. That is exactly what happens in our minds. We see that, oh, gosh, they're shaming her. And I look, I, I don't, don't look even that look good. that good. Right. <laughs> and, and so then we have that whole, the, we, we take on that mantle of shame. And that's where it really hurts us all, each of us. Yeah, it really does. So it, it really is up to each of us to stop feeding that. We have to reject that. Yes, we do. Right. How do we stop feeding it, Gigi? We're almost out of time. What would be your very best advice for people listening? Well, I think part of it is one, acknowledging your own status in that, you know, moment (laughs) of really like acknowledging where you're at in your body image journey. And second to that, I would say again, focusing on what you're consuming. And three, like we learn this when we're in elementary school if you don't have something nice to say don't say it at all bingo Um, so as cheesy as that sounds i want to say that that's what i'm going to recommend yeah and i think that goes to your own thoughts too the minute you have a, a negative thought about the way somebody looks or you know they didn't put makeup on for their instagram picture stop it like stop yourself that's a bad it's just a habit that's a bad habit so stop yourself and say stop don't what are you doing? You don't wear makeup every day. Why are you judging this person? So, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I think no matter what age you're at, whether you're, you know, older, younger, college aged, high school aged, wherever you are, I think everybody always has a relationship with their body and everyone's always going to tell you or some diet culture is going to tell you, oh, you need to lose weight or you need to, you know, gain weight or you need to do this to have better hair, better nails and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, it comes down to the relationship you have with yourself. Right. So, I love that. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, Gigi, thank you so very much. And where can people find you? You can look me up, uh, just my name, Gigi Robinson. A bunch of stuff will come up, ggrobinson.com or at it's Gigi Robinson, I-T-S-G-I-G-I-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N on every social media platform. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Bye, Gigi. Yeah, bye. 
Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today, I want to talk to you about Sunlighten. I have a Sunlighten sauna, and I'm sure if you've been a long-term listener, you heard me tell the story of how Sherry and her husband, Eric, were here for New Year's Eve, and they helped me put it together. It was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> and and um, then when, when you were here again, we were working on the DDD social network, you got a chance to spend some time in it with me. And I just love my sunlight and sauna. It's the number one doctor and consumer recommended brand. And only sunlight and saunas are medical grade, clinically backed, and proven to be 95 to 99% effective, which is why sunlight is used and recommended by more health experts and consumers over any other sauna brand. Dedicated to offering the most effective wellness solutions available, their patented solo carbon heating technology is the foundation for their saunas. It's the only far infrared heater on the market that's clinically shown to raise core temperature, lower your blood pressure, and aid in weight loss. So if you go to lifelessonscommunity.com, you can find a link to take advantage of whatever the most recent special deal is on Sunlighten. If you go to the Shop With Us tab, and they have many different sizes and options that will fit your space, no matter how large or small it might be. You know, you can get the kind that you plug into a regular wall outlet, you get in kind of like a big sleeping bag. And um, I've actually got a three cabin, I mean, a three person cabin that you can get in. And really, I don't know that I would put three people in there, but it was perfect for me and Sherry. It would be cozy with three. I think it would too, but you can lay down on the bench. You'd have to really like each other. Yeah. When I was trying to decide (laughs) which one to get, they're so very helpful. They have great customer service. But when I was on the phone trying to decide which one to get, she walked me through the options and recommended, you know, if I want to lay down, that the three-person was a was a good option. But, ooh, they just updated the tablet that's in there uh-huh. for running it. They just updated the operating system. And I was like, this is going to be really hard. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to – it was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but I can watch TV. on. My, I can watch, like, Amazon Prime Video or Netflix while I'm in there. Jen and I watched Mad About You, that old TV show. Yeah, we sure did. Right after we put it together and used it the first time, it was so fun. Well, now I'm watching Discovery Plus because I, you know, Discovery Plus is out and I have the Discovery Plus app on there so I can watch Discovery Plus while I'm in the in the sauna. And so I like to, I like to get in there first thing in the morning. After I've had my coffee, I get in the sauna, watch one episode of something like Property Brothers, I don't know, and then get out, take my shower, go about my day. A little self-care in the morning. It really is. And it feels so good, you know. A lot of people don't think they like to be hot, but this is just a different kind of, it's not like you're outside in a Georgia July summer day. Even though the temperature is high, it feels, it's like from the inside out. I can't explain how nice it is. It's cozy. It's cozy. Anyway, I love my (laughs) sauna. So go to lifelessonscommunity.com, shop with us tab, and call them up. Tell them that we sent you from the Life Lessons podcast, and they will help you pick the sauna that is just right for you. So next, we have a segment we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Angela in Pennsylvania. Angela says, my lovely friend Randy is a spiritual leader in our church. I would like to share a practice I learned from her that she calls a prayer breath. You can also call it a meditation breath or a calming breath, etc., Think of a word or phrase to help you focus your spirit. Inhale slowly and silently speak your word or phrase. Then exhale slowly with your word or phrase. 
For example, as I inhale, I say, peace within, as if I'm drawing peace into my body. As I exhale, I say, peace without, as if I'm sending peace into my surroundings. I perform this prayer breath when I'm trying to fall asleep, when I'm anxious about something, and frequently as I wake up in the morning when my brain starts to race through everything I need to do that day. Even a few repetitions help me feel calm and centered. Hopefully this will help somebody else too. Yeah, I think that's that's a great tip, Angela. That I'm going to go tip. breathe peace without all over Chad. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, get away. What are you doing? Go away. Peace without. Oh. Well, at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Heidi from Norco, California. Her quote is a perfect ending for today's episode, actually. She wrote, I do not know who said this, but it is my favorite quote. Do not compare your insides to everybody else's outsides. I first read this somewhere in my 20s, 40-ish years ago, and has helped keep things in perspective for me. I'm hoping it may be helpful for the ladies caught up in the social media trap. That's perfect. It is. And it really, like, to me, that's a reminder to stay true to yourself. Don't change who you are for others. You know, be as you are, not as others appear to be. And somebody once told me something that stuck with me, and it's don't adjust the light in a room. Be the light in the room. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's really good. You know, and I think it is just so important. You know, people know by now I love Facebook completely and I feel so much better. And, you know, I'm not on Instagram much, but, you know, as I'm scrolling through Instagram, I'm like, what am I looking at that's really adding value to my life? Nothing. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who loves Instagram. <laughs> but I'm like, why am I looking at this? Mm-hmm. I don't need to know this, this guy's eating whatever he's eating. I don't care. <laughs> anyway i don't know i i miss the days of when you were just catching up with your friends and that's all that it was remember Uh in the early days of facebook right yeah when you logged onto facebook i really used in the early days because i think i logged onto facebook originally like in 2009 and i moved away from my hometown and the end of 2010, early 2011, was making that transition um, to another state. And like, I'm so grateful for Facebook because Mm -hmm. I still have connections with my friends back home. It helps me see their kids growing up and like old coworkers that I still talk to. And I mean, to the point where like I was back home for my grandma's funeral and a coworker knew where I was, an old coworker knew where I was. And she just like all of a sudden showed up at the restaurant and slid in next to the booth next Aww. to me. And if it wasn't for Facebook, like that wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, it has its really good points. But like we talked about with Gigi, it's up to us as consumers to take it back and make it what we want it to be. I agree. I left completely because I really didn't know how to do that personally. I guess I could start over. Just be Jen. <laughs> just be Jen. <laughs> just be Jen. And try to. But, I, you know, <sighs> I don't know. It had been so many years since I had actually even scrolled the newsfeed because I just always did my – I worked. It was, it was my work. job. It yeah. was work. Mm-hmm. So it, it lost that for me. But, you know, Instagram isn't isn't the same for me. It's mm-hmm. it's not where I feel at home. Right. Yeah. So anyway, delayed on tonight's social network. I'm feeling, feeling pretty good there. We are having a good time <laughs> over there. Making we new are. connections and new friendships. We are. We are at ddsocialnetwork.com. What I've, I've loved is seeing all the people join who – said, you know, I haven't been on Facebook. Like, you know, my own sister is not a Facebook person. Uh-huh. She's never been on Facebook, but she joined the DDD social network. 
Oh, did she? She did. I it have made not me really seen excited. Yep. I don't think she's posting, but she's there. You know, she joined Instagram. She's been on Instagram, but she doesn't post. She just uh-huh. looks at things. She's a lurker. So she's, yeah, she's a lurker. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there. And I used to think those weirdos like my sister that aren't on Facebook, those weirdos like my sister and me that are not on Facebook. I'm now one of those people. And it's, you're not a weirdo. I'm sorry that I ever thought that. But I, you know, I thought it about my sister, but now I get it. I understand. But now, you know, there's a place for them to find us. And I'm really enjoying meeting new people that were not ever on Facebook. Right. And now yeah. we can we can connect. So anyway, that's it. No, if you're not on Facebook, you're not weird. You never were. <laughs> <laughs> you were just doing your own you're thing. You're just ahead of your time, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She said, I just don't want to get into all that. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, sorry for my little diatribe right there. <laughs> I'm feeling feeling very peaceful is my point after today talking about, you know, with social media and how it can really make us feel you know, even on even on Instagram for me, it makes me feel sometimes I'm not a good enough influencer. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to tell you, I stayed up until two o'clock this morning rehashing something that happened in our Facebook group yesterday. And somebody just wanted to be very argumentative. And it hurt your feelings with me. And just create controversy where there didn't need to be any. Right. And I handled it, but it sat with me because I thought, did I handle it correctly? Did I do the right thing? Am I going to suffer a negative recourse from this? It, it is not easy. You know, it really came down to, I had to really make the decision. Was like, we are a learning community who is supporting each other in a positive space. And what that person brought was not support or positivity. Or positive, yeah. And so they had to go. Yeah, and that's always really, really hard. It is, but mm-hmm. you know, like I just said on, on Instagram, I'm comparing myself to the other influencers and falling short. I'm like, oh, here's my cat. <laughs> Here's my dinner. I'm so boring. Anyway, well, I don't want to compare myself to people anymore. I just want to be me. I am Jen, just Jen. And that is it. That's all. That's all you need to be. Right, right. So hopefully everybody's just happy with Jen, just Jen. You can follow me on Instagram. You'll see me sitting (laughs) in the sun a lot, drinking coffee. (laughs) You can follow me too, but it's pretty boring. You know, and, and sometimes I post pictures of my food. Most people are trying to get more followers. I'm like, <laughs> less followers. Follow me less. <laughs> anyway, um, I am okay. I am a weirdo. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We've enjoyed being here. Join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Jen's not there, but Sherry is. And the community is amazing. You know, if I could have figured out how to stay on Facebook just for that community, I would have. But I couldn't figure out how to. Because <laughs> it would suck me back in. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And we would love for you to leave a review so that we can reach others. Um, do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.